Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Evan Clark, Deputy Managing Editor of WWD, and I'm here with Lena Staffgard. She's Chief Operating Officer of the Better Cotton Initiative, and she, we're going to be talking about sustainability and better cotton and all things nature and right with the world. So, Lena, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Evan, for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So I just wanted to start off to maybe, could you just give us an explainer on what Better Cotton is, what you guys do over there? Sure. Uh, we're a, a cotton sustainability. We work in uh, sustain, um, kind of with small farms, with large farms, with uh, retailers and manufacturers and kind of essentially everyone in cotton. Uh, we're working to get us all moving towards more sustainable cotton production, uh, looking at farm level primarily. You know, how can how can the people who grow the cotton that goes into your T-shirt uh, have a better life uh, and live in a better environment? Right. And why... Why the focus on the farmers? Like, why, why, why it seems to kind of going back to first principles, kind of, but why, why is it most powerful to focus on the, the farming community? Well, there's around what, 300 million people in, in the world associated with, with cotton production. It's the biggest natural fiber. Uh, we all wear cotton daily, right? And it also goes into money and, and you know, all sorts of things. Um, most of them are smallholders, and most of them live in poverty and are exposed to climate change uh, and other biohazards, uh, you know, pesticides, and you know they live in poor environments. So it's essentially about making sure that we can continue wearing cotton, we can continue growing right. cotton, and the people who supply it lead decent lives, right? right? Like you and I do. It sounds like they... That, that that's that's the part of the chain that might in some ways need the most help. Absolutely. They, they're almost invisible. They have very little power. Uh, they, you know, they never get in touch with the big commercial players. They're, they're just producing the raw material and, and kind of go about their lives. Right. So we want to, you know, make sure that they're, they're seen and that they have their own voice, essentially. Right. OK, so I want to we'll circle back to the small uh, the small farmers and, and and all the ways that you're you're working with them, but uh, I, maybe let's it's it's we're, we've come to the end of the year. What's the biggest win, biggest loss for sustainability and fashion cotton in in your world? Well, there's a lot of momentum. Uh, I would say I think it's a it's a it's a big win on on awareness and. Um, Kind of actors throughout the chain understanding that you know, fashion has a big and apparel has a big impact uh, and they have a big role to play in in the solution so i think there's kind of we're starting to see action we're starting to see commitment we're starting to see quite a lot of ambition where where companies say you know we're going to do something that we don't know how to do you know we're going to get 
we're going to really cut carbon emissions. We're going to work for for fair conditions in our supply chains and so forth. So I think it's gone up a notch, the, the awareness and the understanding of what this means for the sector. Right. So does that awareness, when you talk about that, are, are you thinking more about the brands and the industry or the awareness among the consumer? It's a little bit of uh, both. Uh, right now, I was primarily thinking of the, the, the industry and, and mm-hmm. the brands. I think as a sector, we've been lagging behind a, a little bit on some sustainability aspects, and, and we're speeding up now. The consumer, I think, is getting there as well. We can see more and more awareness, and we can see uh, some some action in you know when they go shopping. But it's uh, you know when you shop for apparel and fashion, you know you want it to look good. Right, right. right. It's. And that's what I, because sometimes I, I hear the, the terms of the debate in the fashion industry. Certainly, people, a lot of people, talk a good game. Now, whether whether or not they follow through on that is is maybe another topic. But I think consumers also, through the rise of fast fashion, you know, we see, you know, consumers are interested in price. They're interested in style, and and on a, on a larger, on a broad sense, I think it's fair that consumers care. You know, sustainability kind of falls farther farther down the pecking order is the industry moving faster than consumers do you need i'm just where do you need the pressure to come from because it seems like ultimately the end consumer wins they end up kind of getting what they want or what they say they want yeah they they do i I mean for, for me i think industry should be probably half a step ahead right so kind of Quite close, but 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 leading. If if you if you run too far away from from your consumers, you you lose them, right? So you need to be quite close, but still keep the keep the pace and, and the direction right. And I think that's also where uh, governments and legislation come in. It's it's kind of the brands can make it attractive, and and the brands can make sure that they fulfill the, the basic uh, expectations of the consumers because whilst they want the fit and the style and the price, the, to a large extent, they're also expected that you know, human rights and environmental boundaries are respected, right? So it's becoming just kind of, well, that's the way you do business, right? So legislation plays a role as well in, in moving things across. Right. So, I mean, this is, I think, in any of this, any conversation around sustainability, it's a simple idea, but it's a really a complex task. You're talking about we've to, you've got consumer sentiment on one side, you've got the realities of business with their profit motive, you've got governments are legislating away, and you've got the farmers at the beginning of the process who want to live healthy, happy lives and and you know be adequately compensated for all their work. Where where do you start? Well, where does better you, you better cotton starts with the farmers, but where 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 should where should we be thinking about about how do we think about the solution? Do you need to ha- tackle all this at once? I mean, it's difficult not to tackle it all at once, right? Because it's they're, they're all interlinked. Right. Um, so we have the, I mean, we have the farmer at the at the heart of, of what we do, but a lot of the the actual work we do is trying to mobilize the industry and engage legislators to to create kind of the enabling environments. You know, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm kind of using 
terminology, kind of jargon, but in creating an environment where action can be can be taken. Right. right. So uh, working for more transparency, and and then working with the retailers and brands to help them see their supply chains and 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 have more understanding of the conditions in which carbon is grown. Uh, and then kind of motivate them to to invest uh, from that perspective. Right. That seems to be, from my my view, one of the biggest changes that we've seen over the past, you know, 20 years. I think 20 years ago, if there would be some kind of problem somewhere in the supply chain, it was always, it wasn't our, it wasn't our fault. It was just the company we hired to do this. And then there's always a subcontractor where there's some kind of problem. And it seems that companies can't get away with that anymore. They have, oh, no, they, have they, they, they own in the consumer's eyes, you know, they really own the full process. Yeah. And that's also being uh, reflected in the legislation coming through the EU as well now, right? right. Where, 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 where the end, end customer, uh, so the retailer and brand essentially, is responsible for all the practices in their supply chain. Right. Uh, so that will require, hopefully, and lead to much more partnership approach with with the with their suppliers and with the manufacturers on on tackling the problems uh, and and then kind of cleaning up and making sure that they they know where their products come from and they know who's touching them and they know that it's done under good conditions. Right. Hey, and and so could you just for our listeners give us like a little primer on that legislation? I want to talk more about legislation, but how does that legislation work? Where where is it? What's it get right? What's it get wrong? Um, so it's it, there's a number of different, and I'm no, I'm, I'm not an expert in, in legislation, but it's the there's coming legislation both around claims, you know, what can you attribute to a product or to to your own company, and then there's also legislation on due diligence. What must you know about your your supply chain, right? So it will require some uh, some engagement and and so on, and obviously with with legislation, uh, it's always difficult to think about all the unintended consequences that might fall out of it. So, I would say we've we've seen some parts where where you have uh, due diligence uh, requirements or where you have uh, specifications on 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 what can go into the the, the inputs for a raw material. That would make it very difficult for smallholders to participate. Right? So we're feeling, oh, you know, don't don't make it only available for big corporates with all the systems, right? Because we still have small companies and we still have small farmers and uh, right. who, who are trying to supply these big global supply chains. Right, but that sounds like it's helping to set the rules of the road of a certain you know of this is this is what you're expected to know about your supply chain. Yeah. And at yeah. least if 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 twenty years ago you didn't need to know anything except these are the people we pay to make it for us. Yeah. Uh, that That's some, um, you're at least getting started. You're taking that big multi-faceted problem and kind of breaking it into smaller chunks that can be yeah. addressed. So uh, Better Cotton has voluntary standards for the industry, but you called this year uh, saying, you know, we've got these standards and the people who want to use it, use it and that's great and they embrace it. But you've argued that it's time for government to step in with more kind of mandated standards. Is this the kind of work that you're talking that we're talking about here, or does it go beyond that? It's it, yeah, it's it's linked to that. So you know the with with the 
government setting the baseline of, you know, what's just hygiene, right? As a voluntary standard, we can then go further. So we don't have to spend voluntary effort on, on just getting the basics right. So if everyone does the basics, there's opportunity to, to actually then elevate further, uh, further ambitions. And obviously, you know, we're an organization with 200 people. Uh, if, the, if, if the EU says you have to do this, that's, the, the reach of that is just way beyond what, what we can do as, as one right. initiative. Right. If so, if the EU does what Better Cotton's doing, you can be better, Better Cotton, and yeah. and and drill down. What would you What would you tackle next? If the EU was doing what you were doing, what would be the next? Well, our what we have in our sites is is how can uh, how can the farmers get get more? How can they get rewarded better? How can they get recognized better? Because what we're, what we're seeing now, and that was at the, the COP as, as well, so agriculture is, is rising in prominence in the climate change agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's both uh, a driver of emissions, but you also have the solution there with, with new ways of, of growing and capturing carbon and working in nature positive ways and, and all of those buzzwords. Right? But if, if we want the farmers to change how they grow, if we want them to experiment with their livelihoods and we want them to do the mitigation for us, we need to reward them for it. We need right. to incentivize them for us. So we have, we're thinking, you know, how can we get more money to the farmer? So not more money to us or not more money to programs, and but more money to the farmers uh, right. who are out there. So... Where does all this money come from? We think it should come from the from the industry. We think that the you know the the, the industry should should bear the the cost essentially for creating and 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 selling and producing uh, more sustainable products, uh, decent products. Uh, and there's always that challenge with 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 price. Then, so uh, consumers do they pay more? Uh, is it is it right to have a T-shirt for, for five dollars, or should it be, you know, a bit more expensive and last longer? Uh, right. So the business model, they, we need to start thinking about the, the business model. What's what's the business model that supports fashion, that right. supports economic churn, and and that supports the the farmers. And where do you get in in industry? Where do you get the most traction? Because I'm I'm thinking about this where a lot of brands anywhere from I, I think there are low cost players who who are whose mission is we're going to sell inexpensive T-shirts. And, and that's kind of they're they're pushing on that. end. but beyond that's maybe a, 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 an issue of, of its own. But beyond that, you have a lot of fashion companies are trying to do this work anyway are trying to move far. They see how well luxury performs. They're trying to kind of get farther away and, and move higher up. In some ways, I think it's um, almost a push for f- fewer, better things. Is, is that kind of, I mean, who? where Where are your natural allies in, in the industry? We work both with the, with the low cost and the, and, and the higher. I think they, they all need to move along. And I, I mean, we, we need to have affordable things as well because right. the, everything can't be, be luxury because you know that would 
wouldn't be accessible to the vast majority of the people in the world. So we need things to be affordable. Right. Uh, uh, and that's probably where the volume is. Yeah, so that's, that's where the, that's vo- where the, volume, the is. volume is. And, and, and we found a way of working quite constructively with, with high volume retailers and, and brands. Uh, because we've, you know, the way that we work is on uh, improvements idea, right? You know, let's start with the farmers with their art, where they are and, and, you know, work on it on a journey. Let's not right. try and be perfect overnight. But. Yes. Not letting, uh, what, what is it? Uh, perfection being the enemy of the good or, you know, yeah. whatever. But so, so uh, m- more on these farmers, um, where, where are they? Well, they're everywhere. So, right. Cause I thought a lot of the cotton comes from the U S and from China. Yeah. Right. So India is the biggest uh, currently in the in the world, uh, the biggest producer of cotton, and, and essentially all of the farmers in India are smallholders. Mm-hmm. Uh, China is big as, as well, uh, and and they have a mixture of large farms and, and small farms. The US is is massive, and as is Brazil, and there you have large corporate farms uh, with their own set of of you know challenges and, and opportunities but then you have a lot of small holders uh, across countries in west africa and southern africa central asia pakistan so, so they're really so, all over yeah they're all over um but concentrated too in some of the big markets what is it i mean we're breaking up small farmers and the big farms what what are the changes you want small farmers to make and and why <laughs> So, so small farmers, uh, I mean, initially we're just looking on, on kind of uh, basic training on, on input, how to water more efficiently, how to uh, understand what uh, beneficial insects are so you don't have to use uh, chemical pesticides because you can use natural ways of protecting your crop and, and looking at ways of retaining moisture in the, in the soil and promoting biodiversity. So essentially all of these things and drive profitability for them. So they have lower input costs and, and, and then uh, have a higher margin when, when they sell their product. Right. So have a better business and a better life while being gentler on the... On yeah, the, using on less it, water, yeah. using less synthetic inputs, you know, reducing right. the need for pesticides and so on. Is the message different for the large farmers? The large farmers are usually quite efficient as, as it is. They've, they've run quite you know smooth businesses um but they can have they can also have problems with with overuse of pesticides they can have problems with low soil fertility uh lack of biodiversity and and so on so with them we can often work with on kind of more advanced regenerative practices so they can stop their tilling and that protects the soil or work more with cover crops so the crop rotation that gives new nutrients to the soil and that reduces the, the need for the synthetic nutrients and so on. Right, right. All right. So lots of moving parts. You're busy. What's on tap for 2024? On tap for 2024 is, well, it just launched our traceability system. So it's going to be a big push on, on, on keeping that, rolling that out, uh, contributing to more visibility, better understanding where, where cotton comes from, uh, ultimately leading to retailers and consumers knowing what the cotton is in, there, in the garments. 
Uh, and that is, of course, also then combined to what we call the impact marketplace. And that's the, the mechanism for driving funding straight to farmers, so creating new revenue streams for farmers. That's kind right. of our, our focus. Right, right. So, and there's some, there's there's controversy around cotton from China and, and traceability is a, is a big deal. So how, can you just explain your traceability? How does it work? How can you trace what kind of, how can you tell what kind of cotton? How do you keep track of it? How do we keep? Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. Uh, yeah. So we have, I mean, we have a platform already, and we have a system and a chain of custody that we have what some eleven thousand actors on who kind of they know how it how it works. Uh, so we're then layering in that new requirements into that system, and then new monitoring. So. Right essentially is then adding on a demand that when you previously you could with mass balance uh, you kind of you need to sell a cotton garment but it's not you know it's not mandated what cotton's in it now it right. has to be better cotton now it has to be segregated it has to contain better cotton and then on top of that we'll do the kind of monitoring and auditing auditing to check that uh, it's correct right that it is the physical fiber that follows the transaction. Well, it sounds like there's lots of work for you to do. Uh, uh, well, good luck with all that. Thank you so much for coming. This is WWD Voices, and uh, we really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Anna. My pleasure. Right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.